podcast, that podcast where once a week we argue that old chestnut, which is better, X or Y, also a chestnut appreciation podcast. I am your host, Tyler, the Merovingian knot of this podcast. I am your co-host, Jordan, the four in hand of this podcast. And I'm also a host on this podcast. I'm Kevin, and I'm the Nicky knot of this podcast. You know, one of us probably should have picked like a typical tie knot so that someone out there would know what in the, the four in hand is about. pretty pretty typical. What what is that? What does that look like? It's well, where four, paint, it's, you paint a, four, a picture for our listeners. You a four in hand it. is worth eight in the bush, I think. <laughs> to tie a four in hand, you strike the tie on the four pressure points of the tie, and then it disassembles onto your shirt. And now, Kevin, is it required knot. to yell some type of uh, catchphrase in Japanese while you do it? Ah, uh, yeah. You just have to. You, you don't have to say actual words in Japanese. They just have to sound like Japanese. You just. And then the tie just magically knots itself. Right. Well, it's uh, it's I mean, brilliant because it can sense your chi and the like the you know the the superiority of your warrior spirit. So in a, in an act of submission, as all things in nature submit, uh, it'll just tie itself into a knot. Are you much- sure that's a um a Japanese uh style though? Because it sounds sounds more Thai to me. <laughs> I don't know. To me, it just sounds four in hand. Hey, that was that was also a joke. Nice follow up, Jordan. Hey, not pun. Nice palate. Cleanser. It was not it. punny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as you've probably gathered, this is a podcast where we take questions submitted by you. I don't know how you would have gathered that. Uh, you gathered it. You gathered it up like so many um, pieces of cloth that you're tying into a nice tie or decorative ascot. I'm going to grab it. Um, but we are a show where we take uh, questions. Would you rather in versus questions submitted by you, the listener, and we hash them out here on the show until we find a victor. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Our first question comes to us from Paul Bench, who has been really working hard to send us some great questions this month thank you paul who wants to know who would you rather have deliver your mail mr mcfeely vis-a-vis mr rogers neighborhood or newman vis-a-vis seinfeld go first of Uh, all stellar name bench is like that is an excellent last name that just shows everybody what you're all about which is being firm being sat on allowing people to sit on you (laughs) <laughs> but he's very public as well yeah he's you know he's out there um all right advantage let's go ahead and get the obvious out of the way first advantage mr mcfeely he is a nice dude and not your sworn enemy <laughs> you don't really have to worry about this guy going through your mail you don't have to worry about him like plotting to overthrow your comedy empire you certainly Um, don't have to worry about him uh stealing your dinosaur embryos (laughs) that's true a little known fact the the seinfeld and jurassic park universes are one and the same see i i gotta disagree i think the fact that mr mcfeely's putting up this nice guy act means that he is doubly not to be trusted like you know he's working on some kind of plot to just, you know, burn down Mr. Rogers' neighborhood 
take Mr. Rogers captive and, you know, steal steal America's imagination. All of the Mr. Rogers. He's yes. going to take every single one captive. He's going to have so many sweaters at his disposal. <laughs> and so many tennis shoes. Um, so I don't I don't trust him for one second. There's a gleam in that, his eye that I don't that I don't like. That is a good point. It may be that he's trying to get to um the world of make believe, to uh whatever. The, what is the name of the kingdom with uh, King Friday? Um, the world, the land of make believe. You said it. Is that is that That's really the, the name? name? Yeah. That's the name. We take a train and then we go to Puppet World, the land of make believe. See, oh, you think well. this is tight, like a Matrix type situation? Where he needs to find out the the password to the mainframe to get it, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, because you know that he's jealous of Lawrence's success. I mean, we all are. Uh, why, oh, why did I put on <laughs> the red sweater? I could, <laughs> I could see, I could see Mister McFeely as Morpheus. I really could. But you know, there, there's, there is something kind of reassuring about Newman. Like you kind of you kind of know what to expect with him. Like he is very he is very straightforward with his hatred, whereas with McFeely it could all be an act. Also, you know things are gonna are gonna be a bit more exciting with Newman around because he's always gonna be in some wild scheme with Kramer to, I don't know, go raid an orange truck. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say... Buy an elephant-grade showerhead. Let's say, hypothetically, uh, you needed to get to Michigan for whatever reason whatsoever. Uh, All you got to do to get a ride there is, you know, buy a whole bunch of soda cans and convince Newman that uh, you can get that refund, that cash refund up in Michigan, and uh, he'll drive you there. So He, He isn't always the brightest dude. He he's a criminal mastermind, but at the same time, he's got kind of that brain that is all there in some ways, but very far away in others. The question is: Are you going to have an Elaine Bennis type uh, woman in your your posse of friends that you can use to have him fall in love with and then manipulate him? Well, that's the thing. That is I crucial. think that's. I mean, that's the plus of Newman is that he's predictable. You know how to get him, you know, in your pocket. I, I don't know what Mr. McFeely wants. To, you know, like, he certainly loves mail, but I don't know what's in the deep recesses of, of Mr. McFeely's heart. And I know with Newman, mustache it's hatred, wax. It's hatred and food and Elaine. So I, I can I can rope those in. I can't rope in, you know what, Mr. McFeely, I guarantee he was in, in Korea um there's a lot of gonna be a lot of demons that i have to deal with there it's gonna be flashbacks i i don't know how to handle that they mailed first blood not me (laughs) (laughs) um america's only tie everybody uh advantage newman he has his own dressing he has his own (laughs) lemonade uh, he has a, a number of, of spices that you can use in preparing your food. He he is a gourmand. He's he's gonna be able to help you out in that respect. Although I've gotta imagine that there's every time he comes through your front door, there's going to be a smell that just kind of accompanies him. Like the smell of greasy chicken bones, uh 
ink and everyone who comes into the post office. Think about this. Who would you rather have your spinoff show with delivering you mail? Would you rather have an animated spinoff with with Newman, with some Wayne Knight action, or with some Mr. McFeely action? There actually is be much action with Mr. McFeely. There actually is an animated spinoff to Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Oh, is there really? It mainly deals with the land of make believe, but oh, so the more you know. (laughs) Who's gonna be indeed? Who's gonna be better in the next Lethal Weapon movie? Because they're considering both of them. Um, I Mr. McFeely. He's gonna be able to smuggle, you know, all kinds of arms in that mailbag of his because he has a face that no one's gonna suspect. Right. Whereas Newman, I mean, I don't, I don't think he's played a good guy in anything I've seen. How about like, how about gonna, this? Instead? They're gonna look, take one look at that Hawaiian shirt and be like, nope, hand over the aerosol can. Who's who's gonna play the the title role in Uwe Boll's next video game smash hit, Postal? <laughs> Uh, I think I would prefer to play as Mr. McFeely in that. He'd probably be a bit more agile. I like to do a lot of jumping and crouching in my video games. Plus, I, I don't think that uh, that Newman could do either of those. <laughs> those are not his strong suits. Um, plus, you know that Mr. McFeely is going to be able to break out the, the old, I'm getting too old for this. Wayne Knight, Newman, not so much. He's, He's going to get halfway through the sentence and then just and need if, to if stop at any to catch point, his breath. If at any point Mr. McFeely needs to come up with a plan, he can always do that mustache grab or he has got glasses. He can pull them off and do the the uh, ear hook chew and all that kind of stuff. But you can, you can twirl one of your chins once it gets to a certain point. So... Newman kind of, has his advantages. Of, kind of like a snidely whiplash type uh, yeah. twirl. Except that it's, it's, like except it's terrifying. You can also copy um, the comics out of the newspapers onto your skin. All right. So we need to take a vote. Uh, Jordan, who are you going with? Uh, I'm voting for Newman because as longtime listeners of the podcast will know, during the Halloween episode, I mentioned the fact that one of my friends decided to dress up as sexy Mr. McFeely for his Halloween costume. And that, that was horrifying. That imagery was burned into my retinas. So I have to vote for Newman. That is horrifying. Um, oh, gosh. I am going to go with Newman because I want to get an early start on workshopping my uh, my sexy Newman costume for for this year's Halloween. And honestly, I'm just going to need to do as much character study and workshopping as possible before that. (sighs) Kevin? I got to go with Mr. McFeely. Because if me and him are going to tag team in the the wrestling ring, I'm going to need that Sunday deliver power that Newman's not going to have. Because he does not work in the rain or the snow. And Mr. McFeely... Or the Sabbath. Or the Sabbath. And Mr. McFeely is going to bring down a chair on somebody's face right when I need him to. No gods, only male. So <laughs> thank you so much for your question, Paul. And next time you have to choose between Mr. McFeely or Newman, go ahead with Newman. He's, he's the villain we all know and love. 
Our next question comes to us from Geodude Lawton. Thank you so much. Who wants to know, would you rather have a hollow deck in your house or a teleporter that you can use to send you anywhere in the world and for argument's sake, get you back whenever you wanted? Go. So hollow deck, you can create any imaginary world around you or teleporter that actually lets you transport to those places. So, I mean, this is basically saying, would you rather, would you rather face the gloriousness of the heights of the human imagination or be faced with the terrifying realness of life? Yeah. Or, <laughs> kind of, or it's I basically that's, that's saying between the lines. Kind of a would French you go, versus German, you know, expressionism. Would you rather go anywhere in real life or anywhere in fake life? Well, as an avid user of Second Life, I'm already, <laughs> I'm pretty much already on the. Uh, nope, can't even finish that one because it's not true. Uh, um, well, I'm just gonna say one big disadvantage of the holodeck. Is that there will be furries? There just will mm. be. They, you're not even going to want them to be there. Well, yeah, and they're just going to show up. Yeah, you're um, eventually you're good. You're gonna you're gonna cross that that boundary. Yep. I can't you're just rem- gonna wonder like, what if everyone I knew and love also also had hair? Hey, I, I got can't. Know. I can't remember I which. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember which stand-up comedian brought up this point, but. Uh, the idea that if, if we ever actually do invent the holodeck, the human race as we know it is doomed. Because mm, that's we, true. Will, we will never bother actually like doing anything ever again. Including going out and like actually meeting, you know, potential mates. Exactly. Because you're just gonna be able to make as I many can just program all the mates I need in the holodeck. So Look. Yeah, I'm just saying. You just go, you know, just you and your mates, just having a good time, having a brewski. It is way easier to imagine up a uh, a hot tub filled with champagne than to actually find one and go to it. I don't want to put in all that effort, but I Um, do want to soak champagne hot hot tub champagne. Is that champagne hot tub also a time machine? Because in the holodeck, it could be. (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean. Here's the thing with the holodeck. Why stop? Because that's essentially what's going to happen. Is you're going to think of yeah, like two things. You're like, oh, that would be really cool. Oh, it would also be really awesome if I had a taco in this scenario, and if that taco was 18 feet tall and filled with fresh steak. Like you're just going to keep going until your imagination implodes, I guess, and the holodeck can't hollow anymore. Right, but you would try to eat that taco, and it would fill you with nothingness because it doesn't exist. Yeah. So you're saying it would just be it, – it would awaken me to the emptiness of you my You would soul. feel empty inside and outside. Um, is, this advantage... what, is this how Frederick Nietzsche came to be? Yeah. Thus spoke the holodeck. Um, but here's an advantage for the holodeck. Um, as the captain of your own starship, you're going to be able to act out um, every captain's fantasy, which is forcing their crew to reenact Shakespeare with you. <laughs> and who wouldn't want to do that? I mean, you you are going to be the coolest kid on the block. You're going to be able to bring over, you know, anybody. Be like, hey, come into my holodeck. Let's, oh, hey, now now it's, everything's jello. <laughs> Look, uh, I magically transported you into Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet, so... <laughs> Oh, this is the best episode. 
It's Titus Andronicus performed by every cast member in Ghostbusters. Which part does Bill Murray play? Uh, you are going to be able to work. You are going to be able to workshop all of your um, awful Shakespeare reboot ideas, though, with your friends. Oh, like the uh, the robot Julius Caesar, um, friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your gears, um, or <laughs> Titus Androgynous. That's another good one. Keep coming. I'm, I'm loving it. Wait, wait. Uh, how about the one about the uh, the new home brewer? And uh, it's called The Taming of the Brew. I was. <laughs> I'm really glad that, that Jordan is is kind of bookending my jokes on this podcast. Usually I'm the unfunny one, but I really appreciate them throwing me a bone every once in a while. Wait, if it was about robots, wouldn't you want it to be Titus Androidicus? Oh yeah, that would be good. But then you can do the lend me your gears. Um, what but... if it was about? What if it was? <laughs> what if it was about uh, crab husbandry? And it was called the Merry Wives of Pincer. <laughs> these are these are terrible. Please, no. Oh, somebody, please bring up no a good one, point for the teleporter. No so one make can... this. Advantage teleporter, I can get away from Jordan <laughs> and never come back. His thing, or just take him and put him somewhere. <laughs> Disadvantage teleporter. Um, it seems like the the premise of every Star Trek episode is that they teleport down somewhere and then they're somehow unable to teleport back because there's like a mutiny on the ship or some alien technology interferes with their teleporter and like, oh man, how are we going to get back up there? Um... So basically, like every time you use that thing, it's going to be another big freaking deal, and you're going to have to confront, you know, the the darkness and intolerance within. That is a good point because with the teleporter, you know, if you miscalculate things, you're going to go wind up getting spliced into like a mountain or something. Um, also, you're teleporting to like totally real danger. You could. They're gonna be sure you can teleport back, but there are gonna be people there who you know might be poised to kill you. Although you've got to imagine with both of these devices, there are gonna be people who once they find out about it, they're gonna to want to take that off your hands. Uh, like you know what transportation agency or government wouldn't want a teleporter? And those Disney Imagineers, you know, they're gonna cut off your arms and legs if it means getting to that holodeck. <laughs> If it means making another Toy Story movie, they're going to get to it. They're going to dig down deep. Um, oh, how, about yeah. a, how about a spinoff of Brave <laughs> with those, those, those adorable bears in it? And they'll call it the comedy of bears. Nope. Nope. Not it took gonna... me a second to even realize which, which play you were referring it to. It took you a second to realize how terrible that joke was. Wait, is it that? No, it's worse. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, all right. We need to take a vote on this. Uh, Kevin, what's your call? Oh, gosh. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm going to go I think I'm gonna go teleporter because that could save me the $104 that I pay a month on my subway pass. And I could use that to do so many other <sighs> things. That's a lot of bling, man. Yeah, I could like... I You're could, eating a lot of 12 inches. I could get like... A rug for that. Or like 
50 dumplings. You could get like 212 hot dogs at Sheets. <laughs> I could you get You could get so many baby cones. I I could get 13 gallons of gas. <laughs> All right, Jordan. Uh, I'm going to go with the holodeck uh, because I can live out my dream scenario of having lunch with uh, Jeff Goldblum and Bill Murray at the same time. Ooh, wow. T- that t- would be great. Tuesdays with Murray. <laughs> Ooh. Yes, please. Can, that, can Bill Murray make a podcast and have that? That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be glorious. Or a fan cast where it's just every Tuesday people talk about how great Bill Murray is. <laughs> well, if anybody wants to do that, sorry, you're going to have to pay us mad royalties. Yeah, we, we definitely, we definitely, so. that's going to be the next thing on the MVP network. So, sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll call up Eric Terribio. Um, <laughs> but I am also going to go with Holodeck because that would be, be really cool and fun. And it would be the coolest thing to impress the ladies with without actually risking life and limb. Like, if you can be responsible with that, although it would be very hard, it would be super cool to have. So, thank you so much for your question, Geodude. And next time you have to choose between a hollow deck or a transporter, go ahead with that hollow deck. Because there's a world of imagination in front of you. In a world of imagination. <laughs> Come with me, and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. All right, so our next question comes to us from Adam Burgess, who evidently poached this question from the Fantasy Focus Football uh, podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much, uh, Adam, for for being being our... um, our ivory trader in uh, in podcast questions. Uh, and an ivory tower, really. He said that it was probably safe that there wasn't a lot of cross play between these two podcasts, but I think we um we play to the fantasy football uh, demographic pretty well. Yeah, guess what? Just we- to spite you, Adam, I'm only going to talk about football for this entire question. Uh, that's awful because this and we- is nothing about football. <laughs> well, a lot of our, uh, although a lot of our Jordan. Uh, Jordan and I do still do co-manage Brock Stones. I do. A Brock very Stones. successful uh, <laughs> fantasy football team. <sighs> How yeah, you guys you doing? Them. How's it doing? How's... How are we doing? Jordan's uh, job finished. is to manage the team. My job is to post Brock fan art whenever we win. <laughs> uh, we, I believe, finished in sixth place. Oh, that's not first. No, it's Wait, not. Wait, it's done? We tried. Yeah, it's is done. Fantasy football hey, what done? about that Super Bowl? Yeah, there's no playoffs. Playoffs, the actual playoffs for fantasy football are the last three weeks of the season. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's dumb. Well, yeah, it does because like not that. every good thing I don't care about it. Anything? <laughs> nah, yeah, other than I don't like Brock that. Not art. every fantasy player actually makes it to the real playoffs. Well, so that would suck if your team was filled with non-playoff. Fans. Maybe you should have. Yeah. Maybe you, you should have thought bonus. of that. Yeah, you get a bonus round. Maybe if you, you have sh- good, real good guys. Yeah, maybe you should have thought of that if you didn't suck so bad. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, his question is: You can suck on Brock which Jones. Harrison Ford character is better? Indiana Jones or Han Solo go well here's the problem with Han Solo is that in Star Wars I don't think that football exists as a game so (laughs) Indiana Jones is gonna be a hundred maybe even 150 times better at football than Han Solo although I think if Han Solo if you explain to him the premise 
I bet you he could get up to speed pretty quickly and he'd be able to, you know, sneak around the rules a little bit, being a smuggler and a, and a scoundrel and etc. So maybe he would have the edge. Indiana Jones does kind of play by the rules. Uh, you know, despite the lack of football in the galaxy far, far away, we do know that they have wizard's chess because we see Chewbacca and R2-D2 playing it. So maybe there is a functional equivalent. There's probably some kind of organized sports. Maybe maybe they play the hand egg instead of football. Uh, advantage Han Solo. He is friends with the kind of last remaining Jedi. So you don't really have to... Chewbacca? Unless, Are you talking yes, about Chewbacca? Chewbacca is the last remaining Jedi. Yeah. Uh, he he is going to be able to have Luke like either in the stands or in the backfield controlling the ball with his mind, you know, kind of helping you to get right past the opposition, maybe Wait, slowing you, it down right before the catch. Can you guys refresh my memory? Are we actually supposed to be uh, comparing their football skills? Are we supposed no, to just be but that's what's happening. That's what... That's what I vowed to do. Now, are we are we dealing with American football here, or yeah, we're dealing with American football, which is also galactic football because it's the best football. Okay. Well, that's the problem because all of Indiana Jones' friends are either eggheads from a museum or international people like uh, like Gimli, so they're not going to know what to do on the field. They're going to be all uh, like, "Oh, I'm I'm confused why this isn't soccer or football." Uh, it is going to be very impressive, though. When there's that kickoff and it is received by short round in the front seat of a car and he just tears off down the field uh, with disregard for anyone's life or limb. Also, Her- uh, Indiana Jones has tree beard and goalie, so that helps. <laughs> we and take a long time to save the punt and convert to the pass and wrap up this joke. Um, um, advantage, advantage Han, though, he can run a uh, touchdown in under 20 parsecs. <laughs> which is pretty impressive. Yeah, a lot of people and don't. he has the best blocker out there, Chewbacca. Yeah. yeah. But Chewbacca, I mean... I think that's where his skills end on the field because he's just kind of a walking carpet. Mm, that's true. Yeah, but he, and I've got to imagine that you know once he rip, starts ripping people's arms off, if he gets angry that he loses, that's that's not going to look oh hold be up on favorably by the league. All of Han's line is going to be Chewie's friends from the holiday special, so Ooh. they are going to be doped up on '80s music and coke. And they're going to be out for blood. Um, Dude, you know, you do know, you do realize, though, that Indiana Jones, he's got those moves, those slick moves that he's going to juke out Han Solo so bad that he'll just be frozen in carbon. <laughs> <laughs> um, that that was pretty awful. But that was, um, that was a long a way to get to that joke. <laughs> it's like, well, uh, yeah, oh, all right, we're there. Okay. <laughs> Oh man, I was just the drop on that was so yeah. so satisfying. I, like a quarter uh, but... of a mile to get to that joke. 
but I liked it. I'm like uh, I'm like the pun that. version of dubstep. So, <laughs> um, you do have a point though. Indiana Jones has proven himself pretty mobile. Like he can run away from giant boulders, run across bridges, dodge darts, and you know it's gonna look super cool when he get when he slides in for that touchdown and then reaches back over to grab his hat. He's not a great tackler though, because I, I I'm having this vision of him. Chewbacca is has got the ball and he's he's running the ball and Indiana Jones just grabs onto him and gets dragged behind him for several miles uh, over some gravel um, before climbing on top of Chewie and then uh, punching out the Nazi driving his brain. Ooh, that's a big problem. <laughs> I want to see that movie where the, the Nazis have taken over Chewbacca's brain. <laughs> Um, that's a big problem because um, Nazis are super good at football, and you know that they're going to be on the field against Indiana Jones. Uh, whenever the problem with Han is if there's if there's a foul on the field, it's going to take forever to figure out who moved first. <laughs> like it's they're going to be reviewing that for decades. Uh, it's just going to get really obnoxious. <laughs> Uh, but with Indiana Jones, really, there's there's one surefire way to take him down. Just got to smuggle some snakes onto the field. Yeah, but if he gets real fed up and tired, he's just going to shoot whoever has the ball and take it. <laughs> yeah, because because he has swamp butt on right, set that day. Exactly. Um, let's look at coaches, though. I mean... With Han Solo, you got George Lucas calling them plays. Ooh, yeah. Uh, but you know who's coaching team Indiana Jones? Steven Spielberg. Incorrect. Sean Connery is. <laughs> Henry. <laughs> Go for it. It's worth it. <laughs> nah, I don't got any more. That's all <laughs> I got. <laughs> that is a good point, though. Sean Connery is pretty great. I mean, the best that Han could hope for would be the ghost of Obi-Wan Kenobi. But Run he... the screen pass, Indy. Play the option. Other football terms. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I think we've pretty much looked at this argument from every angle. Yep. Uh, <laughs> every <laughs> possible angle. Every single possible conceivable argument we have made. So let's go ahead and decide. Um, Jordan, who are you going with? Uh, I don't know yet. Kevin, are you ready? <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Han Solo because if it gets real close, Indiana Jones is just gonna choke and be like, "Field goals? Why did it have to be field goals?" And. I am going to go with Indiana Jones because he stays fit and he's going to, you know, he's going to pack the stadium with fans. You know, there are going to be girls in there with like the team name written on their eyelids for whenever they blink. And it's going to be really hard to see from the field. But that's beside the point. And Han Solo, all he does is fly around starships. You've got to think that his muscles have atrophied at some point in, you know, zero grav or at least minimal grav. Jordan. Uh, I'm going to go for Indiana Jones because if I, as I tend to frequently do, 
if I suddenly get in a boring conversation with Han Solo, I'm afraid he's going to shoot me. <laughs> so thank you so much for your question, Adam. Um, and next time you have to choose between putting Han Solo or Indiana Jones on your fantasy football team, go ahead with Indiana Jones. You're going to be so glad you did. Our next question comes to us from Eric Anderson, who wants to know, would you rather be trapped sinking in quicksand or be trapped in an avalanche? Go. So you're either sinking in that quicksand or there has been an avalanche and you are at worst pinned down at best, you have like a cave or a cubby hole that you somehow managed to get into. Oh, now is this is this quicksand lightning sand? <laughs> what is it? That? Isn't lightning sand? You have some time. You definitely have time to struggle. Come on, Kevin, Princess Bride. Uh, oh, I forgot about that. Um, I don't know. Mo- <laughs> there have been four passionate quicksands in the history of quicksand but this quicksand was voted the most passionate um, by its peers that's all I remember by a jury of its peers um uh, avalanche because you're never gonna have a cool story for quicksand like oh i wasn't looking where i was going and i walked into some quicksand because i'm an idiot Whereas Avalanche is like, oh, I was skiing down a mountain trying to avoid some KGB operatives, and then uh, I shot a gun. Then so a yodeler caused an avalanche. Then a yodeler. And Yoda then a yodeler was there. arrived, started singing, and caused an avalanche. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, Jordan, just keep saying and then a yodeler over everything. Then, then a yodeler appeared. That's my favorite of Jordan's uh, techno songs is and then a yodeler. Yeah, just, just picture that. Gag. Just picture that with like a like a techno beat behind it. <laughs> then a yodeler. Yodeler. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, quicksand. If movies have taught me anything, there's probably going to be a vine or a stick or a snake around that you can grab onto and try and pull yourself out of that. Whereas if you're trapped in an avalanche, it's going to take a long time to burrow your way out of all that snow. Chances are you'll have frostbite before you can even do it. Um. Well, that's a huge plus of avalanche, though, is that snow melts. So all you got to <laughs> do. You just wait it out? Yeah. You just wait it out. It's going to be spring eventually. You're going to make it, man. And the best part, you know, you can you can just drink some of that snow water. Just rub your hands together. Get a little friction. You got yourself a nice, you know, snow shake. So drink up because you're going to live. Quicksand, like, this isn't the movies. There's not going to be somebody around to, you know, come and save you. So you're pretty much always going to die. Yeah, but um, congratulations. Well, Kevin, what does sand attract? Beach babe. Not Hayden Christensen. What, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, what does it detract? What does it uh Sand attracts beach babes. Oh, so there's shoot, a chance right. what is it that a beautiful a beautiful lady is going to rescue you, or maybe a chiseled man. 
There's <laughs> there is always always that possibility. Well, Whereas with an avalanche, the best you can hope for is a big old Beethoven esque shaggy dog with a little barrel of alcohol on it. Uh, how about Nordic ski chicks? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Who? They'll keep they'll keep you warm in the avalanche. Well, not only that, until like, you eat them, they're gonna bring you straight to the sauna. That's true. That sauna that is also conveniently trapped under snow with you. She's gonna bring you some Swiss Miss hot cocoa because she is the Swiss Miss. <laughs> but she's a she's not a miss. She's a hit. <laughs> uh, disadvantage quicksand. Even if you do get out, whatever outfit you're wearing is ruined. It's going to be really hard to get it out there. And chances are you're going to be losing uh, I don't your know. fly Look, kicks in there, too. If you were wearing, like, a brand new pair of jeans and you got trapped in quicksand, I bet after you got them out, they'd be, like, pleasantly uh, distressed. <laughs> sand <and> sandwashed jeans. <laughs> sandwashed. Is, that, is that what the kids are doing these days? Uh, yeah. Uh, just by, everybody's just lowering in themselves yeah, into quicksand. The, that's what the, the hot new thing from Levi's is. <laughs> quicksand from Levi's. Oh, man, I hate how they outsource it to third world countries and just, you know, force those poor children to wear their jeans into pits of quicksand. Well, plus, Why can't we have Americans doing that? I mean, if you're stuck in that avalanche, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have a, a ski jacket. You're going to be well accoutred. So you're going to be all right as far as temperature. With quicksand, like it's always in a jungle and you're going to die you know, sweaty and grungy and sandy. So, like, even if you did die in an avalanche, at least you're going to die, you know, fashionably. Uh, if you work up enough sweat, can it can it become, like, an oil and water scenario where you kind of just, like, swim out of that instead of the quicksand? Are, are you saying you, you had rubbed yourself in oil before you got trapped in an avalanche? No, so. oil and water don't mix. So you just kind of, like, you repel it. With your your natural, uh, My natural fluids musk. and hormones. Uh-huh. Ooh. Uh Which? Let's talk about the soundtracks to uh, both of these scenarios. Uh, probably, if you're in the quicksand, you're probably going to be listening to uh, Darude's uh, "Sandstorm." So you're going to have some oh, cool yeah. techno beats. Uh, you will have to resist the urge to move your feet to the DDR pattern that you that, have memorized that will them be because hard. they are trapped you're in gonna, quicksand. If you're in an avalanche, you got some sweet Sufjan Stevens to listen to. <laughs> oh, yeah, Surf John. He is pretty good. So you're either going to have middle schoolers coming and hanging out with you or a bunch of real hipster guys wearing mustaches and butterfly wings. Yeah. And V-necks. V next. Um, see, I think a plus for Avalanche, if you get trapped in there and you get frozed up, you're going to get thawed out by, you know, a civilization 40,000 years into the future. And you're going to yeah. you're going to have a hoverboard. They're going to be like, oh, oh, and by the way, make this man our king because he he is the greatest. He is the alpha man. <laughs> Make this man our king because he knows nothing about our society. He is. Yeah, so I mean, it's not like they'll they won't put us in a future zoo or something like that. You know, the aliens will have taken us over by then, Kevin. 
Right, but and then the robots will have taken the aliens over. So we'll be like in the third <laughs> tier zoo. The thing that I got going for me though is because I'm super pale, the aliens are gonna identify with me more. So they're gonna be like, oh, this guy's one of us. Because you're oh, super that, pale. They won't, they won't gonna, be able to find you amongst the snow. They're gonna identify you as Quetzalcoatl. <laughs> <laughs> and I will I will end the universe every They're gonna December. thaw you out and think that you're here to end the world. And death came riding upon a pale horse. So wait, no, that's just that's that's Kevin. It's just he's, a pale he's, dude. He's wearing a novelty backpack. <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and take a vote. Uh, I am going to go ahead and go with avalanche because I just I can't handle grainy things. That's 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 just one of the many things that don't work on my skin. I don't like that. Kevin. Um. I think I'm going to go with Avalanche because um, I want to stay as far away from Bruce Valanche as possible. And Avalanche necessarily means without Valanche. So that's what I'm going with. Well played. Uh, Jordan? Uh, I'm also going to go with Avalanche because Death by Snow for it does not sound that bad. Yeah, at least at least you'll have some really cool snow sculptures and snowball piles and tunnel systems worked out. Yeah, you'll get the to kids who find yourself. the kids who find your dead body are gonna think you are the coolest adult ever. This man so, was the best. Dude, he had three escape pods and four escape hatches. I don't know why he didn't climb out, but. <laughs> So, thank you so much for your question, Eric Anderson. And next time you have to choose between quicksander and avalanche, go ahead and get yourself trapped in an avalanche. Um, because, you know, that yodeler isn't too bad. You'll be glad he was around. Uh, our next and final question comes to us from Formspring, and I I really love it. Uh it is, would you rather find the love of your life or live in a Pokemon world for the rest of your life? Go. And we are going to assume that if you are living in the Pokemon world, the best you can hope for is a loveless marriage. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, can, you, can, you are – it is either all the romance – possible in the real world or none of it in the pokemon world so it's just it's just me and, a, and an electabuzz in a cold lifeless marriage just dreading to see each other at the breakfast table can't you are can't. not necessarily married to the pokemon oh <laughs> kevin can love bloom on a pokemon battlefield no that's gonna be a vile plume <laughs> Uh, but you see, the thing about the Pokemon world is that it's really, really cool. You're going to have so many magical companions that you have fight each other to the death. It's, it's going to be so satisfying. You're going to be riding, uh, testosterone, adrenaline high that entire time. Whereas love is cool too, I guess. <laughs> Um, are we assuming that there aren't any Pokemon in the world in which you find the love of your life? 
Yes, it is just a regular world. Well, no, no, there, world there's just one, and it's done sparse. So <laughs> you're kind of stuck. <laughs> the the most you can use it for is like a reading pillow. <laughs> I mean, if I choose the Pokemon world, though, Team Rocket's just always going to be out to get me. Or oh, what, be hassling. What, whatever their successor was in the in the subsequent games, Team Sprocket or Team Rocket. Team Plasma. <laughs> they were all about um, plasma donation. Yeah, you laughed at that, but that is the name of the most recent one, Kevin. Is it really? Plasma. That's fantastic. <laughs> Let's uh, not forget Team Aqua, Team Magma, and Team Galactic. <laughs> Galactic is my favorite. Um. <laughs> disadvantage pokemon world if you never find the love of your life you know you're going to become that like creepy old dude who's like these pokemon are my children <laughs> like you're gonna be you're gonna be dressing dressing them up in clothes like they're people you're gonna let your pokemon think they're people and everyone knows how awful that turned out for ash ketchum yeah that, that it, it's gonna get it's gonna get creepy you're gonna start getting frisky with your low punny and yeah, some. I mean that. Uh, g- good on you for catching a jinx, but I, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of scary Yo, how close you two are. Don't tell that jinx to do lovely kiss on you. That's <laughs> it's gonna put you to sleep. Here's the problem with the Pokemon world, though. Um, there's if, only one. There's only one, and it's well. The only meaning you can derive out of a Pokemon world is catching them all. And mm, that's true. So you could get to the end of your life and you're like, you know, 94 in Pokemon years and you're like, oh, I, I caught all of them except for the the special Mew that I could only get at Toys R Us on on Black Friday in 2004. Guess my life sucks and I don't have anything to live for. Uh, also, 94 in Pokemon years is about 25 in uh, regular years. <laughs> regular years. <laughs> that's that's about the time your interest in the game dies. Well, that's the also, thing. Do you can see we... any Pokemon trainers that are like you know over the age of 17? They're all oh, dead. Yeah. No, well, they're all hanging out on the pier with their Magikarps. Tyler, here here's what I see as a major problem with the Pokemon World scenario. In the okay. Pokemon World. God is a Pokemon that you can catch. How is that a problem? What is the problem with being able (laughs) to unequivocally uh, harness the power of God and bend it to your will? I'm just waiting for you to I want to be the very best, Jordan. The very best. There can be no gods above me. I'm just waiting for Jordan to cite, like, the the Pokemon Soren Kierkegaard that has figured this out. Like... Ergo, God is a Pokemon that you can catch. Oh no! In the fourth, in the fourth generation, Kevin, there's a Pokemon called uh, Arceus that is the God Pokemon. Oh really? It is literally yeah. God of the Pokemon world. It created the Pokemon world out of nothing, and and you can yeah. just catch it. Just yep. like, whoops! I got you in my well, master it's, ball. It's one well, of those, well, it's one of yeah, those fancy ball, event Pokemon like Mew is. So, again, you got to stand in line at the the Pokemon Universe in New York City you on gotta a specific wait for, day. You got to wait then, for all the planets to align, and then you get God. You have to make a transfiguration circle out of an entire continent, sacrifice all of its citizens. <laughs> 
and only then can you capture God. Uh, here's the plus about finding the love of your life. The love of... <laughs> Enlighten me. The love of your life is going to be able to say more things than just her, his or her name. Uh, uh, that's assuming a lot. Uh, what if, or, or if it's not, that's just going to be terrible. What Alicia, if you have... Alicia. Uh, Alicia. Karen. 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 But you would love her anyway, so I guess it wouldn't matter. Yeah, she's is there potential? Is there potential for that love to evolve in some way? <laughs> um, uh, it evolves into a dragonair. Yeah, only if the the love of your life includes turning into like the bionic woman. <laughs> she has transcended humanity. Ooh, that is that's a problem with uh, with catching the love of your life. Is that there's going to be no Poke Center when she gets sick to take her to and just say, hey, can I pay you $10 to make, you know, to take away all the illness and, and injuries? I'm oh, also, no, you don't have to pay it at Poke Center. There's universal health care. Oh, yeah. Is that right? Let's not forget that, I mean, with the love of your life, if you don't want to talk to her, you can't just like stuff her in a tiny ball and ignore her for a while. <laughs> Who says? Technically, no. Yeah. Depends what kind of, you know, what, who wears the pants in that relationship. Depends on what you're both into. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no judgment. Uh, um, advantage finding the love of your life. Uh, even if there aren't real Pokemon, you'll still be able to get down on one knee with a novelty Pokeball, open it up with a <laughs> ring inside, and say, I choose you. <laughs> Which, because she's the love of your life, she she will fully embrace that gesture. And then she will say, there are so many things I have to change about you. Ooh, yeah. Um, yeah. Just because I've found my life, the love of my life, doesn't mean I'm the very best. You know, I, could, I, I could still have a, a lot to improve. I could have a pretty crappy life. Whereas it's hard for me to imagine how anything can be other than wonderful when Pokemon are involved. Yeah, you've got a bicycle. You're riding high. Wait, that's a, you never get a car in the Pokemon world. That would be awful. I don't think I don't think they have cars in the Pokemon world. That's awful. It takes like eighteen days to get five miles. Uh, unless you have a Pokemon that knows fly. In which case, you can just fly around everywhere. Oh, shoot. That Who is even a... needs a car? You can't surf on the love of your life. <laughs> Again, a little presumptuous, but uh, that's, that's another point. That's true. All right. We need to take a vote on this. So, Kevin, what are you going with? Uh, come back to me. Jordan? I'm going to go with love of my life because I've just been informed by the Pokemon soundtrack that we all live in a Pokemon world. <laughs> so why waste a wish? Exactly. <laughs> um, I am going to go ahead and go with the Pokemon world 
because a Snorlax just looks like the most comfortable surrogate bed on the face of the planet. Uh, I would love to just laze around with that bad boy. Just kind of yeah. live, live the live the bare necessities. That's lifestyle. good times until he eats you. <laughs> Kevin, um, I am going to go. Deciding factor on this one. I'm going to go love of my life because in the Pokemon world, I would have to have my <laughs> my chief rival in life would have to be named Gary, and that is the most disappointing thing ever. And he would automatically have uh, whatever Pokemon type you're weakest against. Thanks, Scare. always obnoxious. You're great. So thank you so much for your question, Formspring. And next time you have to choose between the love of your life and the Pokemon world, go ahead with the love of your life. That's probably an educated choice. My life is so sad. So thank you so much for joining us. If you would like to send a question into the show, go ahead and shoot it at ninjas versus podcast. That's versus VS no period at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us on formspring.me slash ninjas versus podcast, or you can hit up the Facebook page where you can like the show, uh, interact with the fans. We post images, we post videos, we, we, uh, are frequently talking with folks. So that is another great place to leave your questions. And that is at facebook.com slash ninjas versus podcast. You can also connect with us on Twitter at ninjas versus podcast or with the MVP hashtag. And Jordan, do we have a tweet of the week? Uh, we do. It's from our favorite, favoritest of favorite listeners, uh, Tolia. Holding who, uh, it down over, <laughs> over in Russia. Who in who tweeted uh, a few days ago that Jordan's new mic does wonders, but we've lost so much with that. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would love for you to elaborate. I, I what, what have we lost? Yeah. Uh, we've <laughs> lost love's labor. Clearly <laughs> that labor being my old crappy microphone. <laughs> Uh, also, Geodude Lawton, to you, Tyler, he said, at Cool Guy Crumb Ride, Monster Jam is on speed right now. I'm not sure what that was Oh, about. no, th- I have, that reminds me, I have gotten some great sports suggestions. Um, I got a suggestion from Geodude Lawton to pick up monster trucks or to pick up, uh, like what is it like pro high class car racing which would be pretty sweet i i'm probably gonna try and watch a little bit of racing with him kevin and i can tell you we're huge fans of the professional bowling circuit (laughs) that is another good one parker bond the third Um, parker bond the third but actually that tweet was about um a friend of mine uh, whose nickname is monster jam and he does have a really big problem with speed and so he was just kind of letting tyler know about that and uh we we need to get him some help monster jam we're coming for you buddy Uh, my favorite suggestions so far came from claire mccray though who sent me a wonderful youtube of uh elephant polo 
which is totally a real thing, and it is glorious. That is the king of sports. It doesn't matter. Any other sport that's out there is, is subservient to this. It is a surf in comparison to what you just told me. I, I, I want... really want to find a way to like stream it though, as as opposed to just like catching snippets on the tubes. If I could watch like a live stream of Elephant Polo, I doubt I would do anything else in life. Uh, I'm looking also... at pictures of this. This is the greatest. You can also hit up our feed, uh, our RSS front at ninjasversuspodcast.erictribio. That's E-R-I-C-T-O-R-I-B-I-O.com. You can stream the episodes there. It's a great site to share with friends. And you can also see our wonderful, wonderful spam comments. Uh, And this week we have two very nice spam comments. One is from... Local business, who had to say, this was, how do you say it, relevant? Finally, I found something that helped me. Cheers. But my favorite is probably from, have a peek at these guys, who said, effective methods and used engines for sale, hyphen, useful ideas. So I, I can only imagine that that was directed towards you, Jordan, and your engineering prowess. Were you were you giving some used engine sale advice on the on the slide? I I in the interest of full disclosure, I have not been paying attention to anything you just said for the past thirty seconds. You worked on trains, right, Jordan? Oh yeah, locomotives. <laughs> what were you looking at, Jordan? Uh... Magic the Gathering uh, spoilers. <laughs> well, that's great. Um, so, <laughs> uh, a few more shout outs. A big one to uh, the podcast The Level. That is the weekly video game podcast on duckfeed.tv. And they actually had me as a guest host on episode eight. So, if you want to head over there and hear me rant and uh, ramble about Pokemon, the next the next Pokemon game that I'm legitimately excited about, and also uh, wrestle DVDs, then go ahead and hit that up. That was with um, Cole Ross and Dennis Furia. They are really, really great guys. It was a ton of fun. And also, if you head over to The Level's Facebook page and like it and shoot them a message saying you were directed by ninjas versus podcast they actually have a couple of free codes for the new raymond game that is out on ios so you can just head on over there get a free game on them for uh, listening to us and it'll, it'll be great it'll be fun and uh Duckfeed also just put out a new dark souls podcast if anyone hates themselves enough to play that wonderful terrible game and I will be guest hosting on an upcoming episode of that, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, if anyone would like to draft Kevin, Jordan, or I to come and join them on any of their shows, then let us know. We we have fun. We're cool or guys. Or if you'd like to draft us in fantasy podcasting. Oh, yeah. Know. Yeah. I, I'm, real, I'm real excited for this year's spread. I'm building my bracket uh, already. Um, I still have Duke winning. <laughs> 
Uh, also, thank you so much to Sparrows and Crows for our outro, Ultraviolet Bliss, and Animal Tropical for our intro, 20 Miles. Uh, somebody asked me the other day if it was us who sang that at the start of every episode. Yeah, my mom thought not. that too. <laughs> really? It is, a, it is a real band, and they're really great. I think I'll post uh, a link to that full song on the page so that people can actually listen to it. And one last thing. Um, Rate us, review us, uh, recommend us to your friends. We always appreciate that. If you've been listening to the show for a while, hit up the Facebook page. There's a thread going on there uh, where people can recommend stuff for our kind of best of reel uh, for helping to promote the show. We're going to make a best of little bit that people can send around. Uh, it's really helpful to hear what questions have been people's favorites so that we put together something good and not just zany inside stuff that only we think is funny. So, without further ado, our final question, keeping with our ninjas versus theme, is ninjas versus the majestic buffalo. Go. <laughs> ninjas? Because... Teddy Roosevelt never killed a ninja, but he has killed buffalo. So it can be done. Yes. It has been proven possible. Yeah. Well, I don't believe that anything can die unless Teddy Roosevelt has killed it himself. So. (laughs) Which includes a lot of things. Right. Personally, (laughs) me, not necessarily a ninja. I might be immortal. That we know of. I mean, Teddy Roosevelt's dead. He's not killing anybody anymore. Jordan? Uh, I'm going to go for Majestic Buffalo because the only reason uh, that Teddy Roosevelt didn't kill a ninja is because they were so scared that they immediately, like as soon as he stepped on the scene, they were like, oh, shoot, we got to end our war with the Russians or else Teddy Roosevelt's going to kill us all. And I thus am go- getting Teddy Roosevelt a Nobel <laughs> Peace Prize. <laughs> History, a podcast. And I am going to go ahead and go with ninjas because they're going to be able to sneak up and just, you know, ravage that buffalo. And then they're going to use every part of it to make a nice, like, hang glider or sneaky shroud, whatever it is the ninjas wear. So thank you so much for joining us as ever. I'm Tyler. I'm Jordan. And I'm Kevin. And until next time. Hey, you should check out the latest uh, new tie shop down in New York City owned by my buddy Lenny. It's called Lenny's Cravats. Is that a Lenny Cravats? Lenny's Cravats. No, no. Lenny's Cravats. It's asymptotically approaching funny. We're gonna bang oh, man. Crap it. Now, your joke is low. We're all so <laughs> it's probably found it at the bottom of Lenny's crevice. Do <laughs> you want me to, to read you some episode titles from uh, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, the animated spinoff to Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? Yeah, I think that's Daniel gets mad. Daniel tell, helps tell a story. I'm stopping Prince, <laughs> Prince Wednesday uses the potty. That's as, as far as it got. Catherine shows her tutu. <laughs> That's real. <laughs>
It looks like it's a skull and crossbones or something. I don't know. It is a. Um, if Let me you look zoom at in on bigger. his crotch here. Oh no, it's a bull. No, it's a bull. a bull. Boy, if I had a nickel for every time I heard that on the podcast, let me zoom in on his crotch. 